The fun thing about having older sisters is you get to interested in a lot of things that you would never initially think you'd be interested in. One of those things, of course, was soap operas. And above all soap operas, I think my favorite would have to be Passions. Now, if you've never heard of the soap opera, let me fill you in. It is a doozy. Literally, in every episode, you'd have the most ridiculous things happening. It was just, in other poor words, it was a poo show. Um, it was a crapshoot. And it was just hilarious. You'd, like, you'd have witches. You'd have dwarfs. You would have all these things that happen in a real-life town. You'd have people falling in love, breaking up, backstabbing. Like, literally every episode, anything could happen. And my favorite one happened to be, of course, when a monkey would fall in love with this character named Luis, this super smooth, suave-looking man. And they literally did a whole montage. Now, remember, this is an episode based on real people. It's supposed to be, like, a real show. But they'd have this whole montage. It was literally, like, five minutes of a monkey and Louise just having like the greatest time ever. <laughs> it was awesome. It was amazing. And that lore that they had of anything could happen is why the NBA is so interesting. Hi, it's at Fly Stewie on Instagram and Twitter, and you are listening to the Uneducated Investor Podcast. Subscribe to me anywhere podcasts are available and leave a review, especially on iTunes, because that my friends, is how this podcast grows. The NBA is a drama. It's a soap opera. Literally anything could happen. And that's what makes it so interesting. You see, the entertainment business is just that. It's a business. This week, or whenever you're listening to this, DeMar DeRozan. Now, I'm from Toronto, right? DeMar DeRozan is the best basketball player on the Toronto Raptors. This guy is being paid multiples of millions. He makes Fortune 500 CEOs look like entry-level employees. Multiple millions. He's the face of a franchise. He has constant contact with the organization, their owners, their GM, the people who make all the decisions. So the GM comes to him one week and says, basically, DeMar DeRozan, you're our best player. We're not going to trade you. And then two days later, he gets traded <laughs> for a guy named Kawhi Leonard, who played in San Antonio Spurs. Arguably, Kawhi Leonard's like the third or fourth best player in the league right now. Um, and it's super interesting, uh, just from a couple of reasons. The first one, of course, is the fact that in this entertainment business, how slippery and snakish people are. Like, you can tell someone to your face that we're not going to move you. And then, of course, you know, they move him literally a couple days after. Words are not contracts. Handshakes are not agreements. Anything could happen. Um, and, of course, they did it for the betterment of the team in quotation marks. Uh, the second thing is players really, even though they're getting paid CEO money, they really have no say once they're under contract. Kawhi Leonard, arguably the third or fourth best player, said he was unhappy playing with San Antonio. He said he wanted to get traded to L.A. So what did San Antonio do? They not only didn't trade him to L.A., they literally sent him 
out of the country from San Antonio to Toronto. It doesn't get more ironic than that. Now, it, it's just, to me, I just find it so funny because, like, as fans and as people, we're always so appalled when these players make their own decisions. Um, you know, of course, you got to think about when LeBron James left his hometown of Cleveland, went to Miami. He became the evil bad guy of the NBA. People were burning his jerseys. Or when Kevin Durant went to the Warriors and basically ruined all parity in the league and all competition. Or DeMarcus Cousins this year going to the Warriors, where he was arguably one of the best centers in the league, and he took a veteran's minimum contract. Now, this is a guy who could possibly make $100 million. He took a contract of $5 million, basically, to play for the Warriors. It was something so crazy, so obscene. We've just never seen something like that (laughs) happen before. And... Just on that note, it's it's interesting because I feel like there's so much ways to run business and business can get very dark at sometimes. So I just want to talk about this trade on a level of who are the winners and who are the really the losers of this trade. So first off, did Toronto make the best decision making this trade and what was their rationale? <clears throat> so to you guys who don't watch basketball or to you guys who are barely informed about this, Toronto is in a particularly interesting spot right? The Toronto Raptors. This year, they had their best record ever. They finished the first of their conference in the NBA. There's only two conferences. And they got destroyed by LeBron in the playoffs. They got destroyed so badly that they lost to him in four straight games in the playoffs, kicking him out of the playoffs. They didn't look like they had a chance any game. And they got destroyed so badly, it put tremendous pressure on their front office to make a decision. Do we keep this team? Or do we get rid of our team and start fresh? Um, now, essentially, in the NBA, the teams that have really won or really have changed the franchise around are the ones who have managed to do it through the draft. So every year you get to draft the top rookies. Like when someone applies to the NBA, they have to go through a draft once each year to give everyone a fair shot at getting them. After the draft, anyone can sign them um, if they weren't signed. So they... So NBA teams able to build their teams. Um, history has shown that you can do it through the draft. And the only way to do it through the draft is to be a really bad team. The worst teams in the NBA obviously get the best picks. So the Toronto Raptors, by trading their best player who wants to stay in Toronto and basically renting Kawhi Leonard for one year, because after this year, most likely he's going to leave the Toronto Raptors. They're essentially blowing up their team to build it through the draft. Now, can they win the NBA this year with their new improved team? Of course, of all, they have the fourth best player. I mean, they could win the East. There's a chance, right? They're extremely good on defense now because they have a great defensive player. However, he is injured and he doesn't want to play for the team. So who knows how his actual effort is going to go when it goes down to it. But of course, they could win the East. Can they win the whole NBA championship? Uh, Probably not. Um, They definitely probably don't have a chance. Because the Warriors, they have five of the best players in the league. It's just so overpowered. No one's even holding a candle to them this season. Um, So from that angle, essentially they said instead of having an enjoyable team for the next five years of, you know, here's this first place team that you can get good season tickets. They said, you know, let's basically have one good year this year. And then after this year, we're going to blow up our team and we're going to have a bunch of rookies and we're going to do it through the draft. Which, I mean... As a fan, it's disappointing, but at the end of the day, that's all you can really do. You know, you can't really do anything else, 
realistically. You know, if you're trying to win an NBA championship, you have to blow up your team. Um, the San Antonio Spurs, their hand was forced. They had to trade quiet, or basically if they don't trade him, then he walks at the end of the year, and you get nothing for this great player, which, of course, is very sad and very demoralizing. So do I think it's a good move of them doing the move? Um, at first, you know, DeMar DeRozan, of course, I've been Toronto Raptors fan my whole life because I do live in Canada. I actually live in Toronto. Um, so it hurts him leaving. I get the move. You know, I get blowing up your team. I get it. To me, it just seemed like they didn't have to do it. Like, DeMar would have been good for another three years. However, I guess, you know, you if you're really serious about winning championships, you have to do whatever it takes. And if it means being good this year and bad for the next three years, that's literally what it takes in the NBA to become a championship team. Um, am I for it? Not necessarily, I think you got to do it. You got to do it with the people who want to play because Toronto is a city where right now people necessarily don't want to play with Toronto. They want to play for the big markets. So think about LA's, think about your Boston's, think about your Chicago's, think about uh, your New York's. They want to play for the biggest markets where these are great places to live, great weather. Um, obviously if you can live in Toronto versus Miami, people probably want to live in a place with the better weather, weather, but with Drake coming here, I think making it cool, you never know how um, impactful um, that could be in the future and making people want to stay. Anyways, that's my food for thought. This has been your lovely host at FlyStu on Instagram Twitter. Make sure to follow me and leave a five-star review because that's how we grow. And of course, the best, most brightest investors are the uneducated ones. Why is that? Because the uneducated investors, they never stop learning. The Uneducated Investor Podcast. Yeah.